Grapple Pie, Raw, 16th of May. Hi, hey, how are you doing? Um, my name is Daniel Swan. Thank you so much for listening to uh, this episode of Grapple Pie. Uh, as I said in that amazing intro, uh, it's for the Raw WWE Raw uh, from the 16th of May 2016. Um, I'd say there's a lot to, I mean, there is a lot to get through, but it wasn't a great episode for me. But hey, let's leave judgments to one side for the time being. Let's get through what happened um, and let's do that straight after this little ring. <laughs> It's the new era of WWE, the new era, it's new, it's the new era, which means that people other than Stephanie McMahon, Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon, or Triple H can open Raw, including AJ Styles can open Raw, as he did this week, Uh, came out and uh, cut a promo that was a little bit heelish, a little bit heelish, teasing that that heel turn a little bit further, um kind of an ego-y, I've been champion all over the world. I went to Japan, and I was a champion in Japan, and now I come here, and I'm, I can be champion here. I don't need the club. I can do it on my own, um, which was weird. I mean, again, kind of blurring the lines between heel and face in this uh, feud with, with Roman. It's like WWE is saying, well, hey, so so Roman's kind of halfway in between being a heel and a face because we love him, but people boo him. So that's, no, that's not halfway between a heel and a face. He's a heel. You want him to be a face, but he's a heel. People boo him. That's the definition of a heel. Um, but oh, he's halfway between. So let's make AJ Styles halfway in between as well, um, which I guess is interesting. Um but I, th- I mean, we'll get onto it later a bit more, but I'm getting kind of bored of this. Um, and then Roman comes out, everybody hates Roman, lots of boos, and then the boos kind of go away a little bit, which um, smells suspiciously of um, crowd sound manipulation uh, by the producers of the show. Um, so yeah, he comes out and cuts a solid promo, actually. I mean, he doesn't really say that much that's interesting, but he says it with conviction. He says it with some kind of confidence. Um, so one of the, one of the better promos that I've seen him cut. Um, and then later on in the show, of course, because it's a show, uh, it has to be Gallows and Anderson versus the Usos. Are you going to be in their corner? I'll be in their corner. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be in the Uso corner. The family blood is stronger than the, the club. Um, blah. Uh, then we've got Sami Zayn uh, and Cesaro coming out for a match. With the Miz and Kevin Owens on commentary, I wonder if they're going to get involved in the match. Oh, it seems as though they are. Um, Kevin Owens immediately makes me smile by referring to the uh, the frog splash that he pinned Cesaro. Somebody with uh, on SmackDown was a six star frog splash. Wonderful, straight off the bat. Um, don't really get that far into the match for um, Kevin Owens attacks the Miz. They kind of get thrown into the ring. Bit of a schmoz. Um, Shane McMahon comes out, makes a tag match with the good guys against the bad guys, and then Stephanie comes out, changes the match, so it's um, Cesaro and Miz versus Owens and Zayn, which is interesting. Um, and the 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 kind of weird is Stephanie Stephanie trying to be a face dynamic from them, which is fair enough. You know, it's it's keeping a bit of mystique, keeping a bit of you know what what's going to happen. Um, but I it's. 
I don't know what it is, but whenever they talk to each other at the moment, it just seems like they're flirting outrageously uh, and outrageously both for the um, intensity of the flirting and the fact that, hey, they're brother and sister. Um, so I'm not sure I'm quite happy with that, but they changed the match and that's quite interesting. But it doesn't really leave the crowd with any kind of clear thing of like, who do you cheer, who do you boo? Um, and it's it kind of teased... Um, because it was for a lot of the time, it was uh, Sami Zayn getting beaten down by the Miz. Cesaro had come in, came in once and kind of did a little bit of something, but then that's kind of face versus face. That's a bit weird. Who do you cheer for? Um, so it was mainly Miz beating down Sami Zayn, which then allowed Kevin Owens to get the hot tag and clean house in a kind of face ish kind of way, kind of playing on the fact that kind of everybody loves Kevin Owens, even though he's a bad guy, um, which I thought was quite interesting, actually. I thought it was a nice opportunity for him to um, go a bit crazy. Uh, and he did a, a middle rope uh, drop kick, missile drop kick as well, which is uh, quite impressive. Because it's you kind of forget when he's wearing his like T-shirt, but it's when he does a move that lands on the floor and his T-shirt rides up, and he's obviously wearing his like wrestling singlet underneath. He's a, he's a, he's a swabsy lad, isn't he? He's, he's a chunky boy. Um, but he moves. He moves very well. Moves very well for it. Um, Cesaro does his ridiculous nip-up sequence of like essentially just hopscotching between his feet and his shoulder blades, which I don't even know how that's physically possible, but he's amazing, so that's why it's possible. Um, some nice work between him and The Miz. Obviously, they have the, the rivalry from, from Payback. Um, where Miz does an axe handle, and then Cesaro does a better axe handle. Um, still neither of them are a good axe and I don't know if there is such a thing as a good axe handle but there, there must be some kind of different move that you could do jumping from the top rope landing on your feet not having any kind of danger to it unless you're Sid Vicious um, but kind of landing on your feet and, and punching and I don't know but it just looks crap even when Cesaro does it and jumps twice as high as the Miz it still looks like a crap move I don't know, there must be a better a better version of that. Maybe a bionic elbow from the top rope. Something, just to make it a bit more exciting. Um, and then, yeah, some dissension between um, Miz and Cesaro um, allows uh, Zayn to get the halluva kick and the pin. So that's uh, that's the end of the match there. It was, it was okay. It was all right. It wasn't particularly spectacular. As I say, it was a bit of a weird dynamic with heels and faces uh, coexisting on both teams. But um, yeah, it was fine. It was good. Um, then we get a little Jericho interview where he says that his jacket uh, that um, Dean Ambrose destroyed should be in the Smithsonian. It's a museum, Renee Young, uh, which I thought was quite funny. Uh, then we get, coming back from when the ad breaks, we've got a weird... <laughs> like they've combined those two natural bedfellows, Apollo Cruz promo and a Golden Corral, the best buffet in America promo. So it's just advertising both of them at the same time. Not really sure what the connection is there, but um, I'm sure there is one. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. Right. It's always got to be logic in these things. Um, then we get, thank God, the, the debut, the long awaited debut of the Shining Stars. Who are the Shining Stars? It's Primo and Epico. Um, after their weird, pointless, not particularly entertaining um, vignettes of them being from Puerto Rico, essentially saying that it's the most beautiful place in the world, even though um, it's it's riddled and crippled with debt at the moment. Um, I thought, and when kind of a couple of weeks ago, JBL mentioned that, it's like, isn't Puerto Rico broke? And I thought, well, maybe they're going to do something with that. Like, they're, I don't know, but they didn't. It's They're just ignoring 
facts as ever. Um, and they came out and they just nothing. Just nobody cares. Nobody cares about them. They came out and they were cutting a promo and it, it, it was just absolute silence. They had they went up against a couple of jobbers and, and destroyed them uh, and then finished off with the essentially a total elimination from um, the, uh, the Eliminators <clears throat> from ECW back in the day with a kind of high kick, low sweep combination. Um, and the, they're called the Shining Stars, um, Primo and Epico. They're called the Shining Stars. So what is their finishing move going to be? The Shining Star. Like, fucking come on, guys. Like, somebody, you've got a team of writers here, I assume. Somebody can come up with a better name for a move than The Shining Stars with The Shining Star. Terrible. Terrible from beginning to end. Um, then we got uh, Dean Ambrose coming out, cutting a promo on Jericho, telling him to come out and challenging him to a match at Extreme Rules, which I didn't realise hadn't happened already. I assume that, you know, they were obviously going to fight anyway, so that was a bit strange. Um, and I thought it was a bit strange that he challenges him to a fight and then Dean Ambrose names the, the terms of the fight and then doesn't ask Jericho whether he's happy with the fight because it's a it's essentially a kind of a weapons cage match that Ambrose is calling the asylum match um, and there was like a, a broom and a two by four wrapped in barbed wire and a mop and a plant and a straight jacket and stuff so and they, <laughs> all the time when he was talking about it um, the asylum match there was this kind of scary music playing and this scary lights going which I thought was quite funny quite kind of haunted house um yeah, and that's going to be their match, which is weird because then, yeah, like I say, kayfabe-wise, Jericho hasn't signed up to that specific match, so surely he can still refuse it. I don't know whether he's, I don't know, I don't know. But he essentially, he said that he was the crazy one. Jericho was crazy because he had fought all these people and he was nuts and blah, blah, blah. Um, essentially saying that he's really old, which is true. Um, then we get Dana Brooke backstage being a bitch to somebody, which is good because it, you know, says to the WWE audience it's fine if you don't watch NXT we're not expecting you to watch NXT as well um, this is more for the casual viewer just to give some little snippet of character of who Dana Brooke is because when she attacked Becky last week um, it was silence nobody knows who she is um, it's, a, it's a shame in the kind of build up for the Becky and Emma feud It's Emma's uh, injured her back over the weekend so she's been pulled from uh, TV and events uh, indefinitely, I think. Um, for the time being, they don't, don't know when she's going to be returning. Um, so this is just uh, Becky Lynch versus uh, Dana Brooke, uh, who has crap music, um, and uh, yeah, looked pretty nervous. I think she did the kind of crap kind of girl um, when they kind of pin them as if they're going to do a kind of punches, mounted punches, as they used to be referred to in SmackDown games, and then just kind of pushes like pushes her, like lifts the head up and pushes it, smacks it on the canvas a couple of times, like crap girl beating things. And she did that twice, which I thought was not great. Um, and it, she just wasn't very good at all. Um, nothing particularly exciting or impressive about her. It seemed like she was very nervous. She mucked up a couple of little bits and pieces. Uh, but then she won uh, with a roll-up, which I thought was a shame because I, I do like Becky Lynch and I kind of feel like she's been dicked on initially by being not quite as popular as Sasha Banks who again is not on TV for for whatever reason um but yeah initially she wasn't as popular as Sasha Banks so she kind of got dicked on in the their kind of triangle feud um with Charlotte 
Um, but now that Sasha Banks isn't there, it's like, well, she's surely, I, I would argue, the most popular diva who's on TV. Diva, good Lord, that's bad. The most popular woman who's on TV at the moment. Um, more popular than Natalia, I would say. Um, and yet she's getting rolled up by Dana Brooke, who I, I accept has to win in her first match. But against Becky, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a bit of a shame. Very quick and um, not particularly impressive. Um, then we get fucking Darren Young and Bob Backlund. It's awful. Awful, awful, awful. Like, Bob Backlund is clearly bewildered, doesn't know what's going on. The stupid format that they're doing it in where they're both just talking to camera, which means that they've obviously recorded them at separate times. Or if they haven't recorded them at separate times, it's like, why are you not just having one shot and talking to each other? It's really, it's like a kind of, it has all of the the fizz and um, pace of somebody talking to somebody across the other side of the world via satellite link up. Um, Like pauses and awkwardness and just all round shit just terrible 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 Bob Blackland's old and he doesn't know what a smartphone is and he doesn't know that there's a clock on a phone and he thinks a desktop is a desktop pointless awful Um, then the McMahons are backstage flirting outrageously Uh, the Dudleys come up and say we want to have we want you to give us two little North Carolinian uh, natives um, so that we can beat up um and they say, no, we're going to give you big cast to, to, for one of you to fight. Um, but Stephanie says, oh, no, you know, we're not going to give you two little North Carolinians. Carolinians. That's not what we do anymore. It's like, you just fucking did it to the Shining Stars. They just <laughs> went up against two guys that they specifically stated were from North Carolina. How could you? I, that seemed really weird, really odd and stupid. Um, to kind of contradict something that had happened not minutes before. Um, so then, yeah, one of them's going to go up against Big Cass. Then we have a promo, because we needed a promo definitely, uh, recounting the golden truth and their whole apparently five-month story, which is just heartbreaking that this has gone on for this long. Um, and then we have a match, the golden truth versus Breedango. Bri Was it Breezango, Breedango, Breezango, Tyler Breeze and Fandango. You don't, to, to make a tag team, you don't just need to crush the names together and create a portmanteau. There are other ways of creating tag team names. Um, it was just, it was such a quick match. It was, it was the kind of tag team match where there's like two moves and then there's a double clothesline and somebody gets a hot tag within the minute. It was very, very quick. Uh, and then Truth hit Gold Dust in the face, uh, and then Breeze got the pin, which is great because Tyler Breeze gets another victory, uh, and Fandango gets another victory. It's a very cheap victory, and against people that it, uh, nobody should care about, but people do. Like there was a little, then they had a, a fucking thing after the after the match, um, of them getting back on the same page, and and Gold Dust was like, "Oh, people, or oh, was it our truth? I don't know. I got, it doesn't matter." Um, saying, oh, well, the people want the golden truth. And then the crowd start cheering. You're like, really? You want this? You want this to continue? Good gracious. Um, so then, yeah, so that happened and that was the thing. Uh, and then we get the new day out and business picks up massively. Uh, they have a time machine. They're talking about the Vaud villains who they're going to face at Extreme Rules. Talking about the bygone era. They want to be able to see the bygone era with their own two, hand, uh, own two eyes. Um, and then... Uh, Xavier Woods 
uh, unveils a time machine, which is just a big freezer box that he stuck a clock and a computer keyboard and stuff, which um, Biggie asks, why is the keyboard sticky? Which I thought was a lovely uh, little risque joke for a PG audience. That was very funny. Um, And they say, we're going to go back in our time machine, back to the time of the vaudevillains. Um, And initially they just go back to 2009 and Kofi Kingston's Jamaican music comes out and he starts doing his Jamaican accent again. And they're like, no, we didn't go back far enough. They drag him back in. (laughs) Kingston's like, no, no, dude, 2009 was my best year. Which I thought was very, very funny indeed. Just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And then they come out and they've got moustaches on. They're like, oh, this is the... And the... It's back it's in black and white, and they have moustaches. They're like, "Oh, this is uh, the, the old times suck." The bootios has changed to a box of derriere squares, um, and the smartphone has turned into a one of the old kind of phones where you have the ear receiver and you talk into the thing. Hello, can I speak to Moscow? Um, just yeah, absolutely absurd. And clearly, they've just come up with this and thought this would be a fun way of doing it. And the WWE have said, "Yeah, go for it," which I think is great. And it shows you just a little bit of creativity, a little bit of fun, um, especially in a PG way. Like this is what PG wrestling should be. It should be bigger characters, more fun, um, and more kind of comedy, more kind of light-hearted stuff like this. Like kind of not quite a Shikara, uh, if you're aware that Shikara is a. a wrestling promotion in North America that is very much more kind of comedic and bigger characters and a bit more ridiculous and everybody has a bit of a laugh with it. Um, and it should be a bit more like that, I think. If you're going to go PG, then go PG. Um, and then the Vaud villains come out and attack them, beat them down, smash them into the time machine, which is great because then it builds them up, builds the New Day up, everybody wins. Great segment, lovely. Um, then we've got Gallows and Anderson um, coming out. Uh, to face the Usos with, uh, and they've got AJ Styles and Roman Reigns in their respective corners. And it's fucking ridiculous because Gallows and Anderson come out with their music, come halfway down the aisle, and then AJ Styles' music hits and they walk down to the ring with his music. It's like, he's not wrestling. Why is that happening? Why is he more important than who's in the actual match? And then the same thing happened with the Usos and Roman Reigns. You're like, no, this is a tag match. Why are they not... It's like there are no rules in this goddamn place anymore. Um, so then they came out. I, I'm really... I don't know. I, when this feud first started with the whole kind of, oh, is AJ going to be a bad guy? I was pretty intrigued. But the, the more it goes on, the more they just do the same thing over and over. It's. I feel like we're still at the same point that we were three weeks ago. And that can't be the case. That can't happen. Four weeks ago, even. Before payback. Um, and it's just boring now. It's just boring. Um... The Usos wore kind of weird, like, blackface um, uh, makeup or face paint, which I thought was strange, and it rubbed off massively, um, which made Carl Anderson look like he had a big kind of bruise on his uh, chest. Um, Usos clear house. Uh, there's a nice whisper in the wind type kind of twisting moonsault body press uh, from Uso 1, um, which I thought was very, very nice. Um, and then they... Carl Anderson did an Anderson spine buster, um, which was gorgeous. Very, very nice indeed. Um, and then the Usos win, which I thought was a strange decision. Like, the, Gallows, and Ad- I mean, Gallows and Anderson have won previous ones, so it's not going to kill them to um, lose this one. But I just think, like, without any, to, for them to pin these new guys clean, 
when they should be trying to build up Anderson and Gallows as this big kind of, you know, tough guys as they should be. And now they're losing to a team who've lost to um, any number of lesser teams in the past. I don't know. That just seemed like an odd decision. Uh, and then Styles, Roman hits Styles with the chair. Styles hits Roman with the chair. Gives him the Styles clash onto a chair. Um as is the classic way before uh, on the Raw before a pay-per-view, whoever's in charge uh, of that one is probably going to lose, which we, uh, you know, is, is fairly obvious, I would think, that um, Reigns is going to retain. Uh, Roman retains. No, that's not good. Um, yeah, just pretty bored with it all. Pretty bored, full stop. Um, then we get the match, uh, Kalisto versus... Alberto Del Rio, um, which Kalisto slipped on the uh, entrance ramp, which is a bit of a shame. Um, he did a, a lovely Hurricane Rana from the uh, apron that was reversed into this super dangerous looking, like just spinning powerbomb thing into the barricade by Del Rio, which really just looked like it could have snapped his neck like a twig because he's only a little guy. Um, it looked really good. Hopefully, if it wasn't dangerous, then well done them because it looked fucking dangerous uh, then we have a classic shot of uh, a wrestler watching TV whilst standing up in the back um, with uh, Sin Cara uh, and then Rusev comes along and beats Sin Cara up um, and in the ring according to Michael Cole uh, Del Rio was forcing Sin Calisto uh, to watch they're a tag team you shouldn't get them confused don't be like Jim Ross and get the Hardys mixed up and like they've got different names they look different one of them's bigger than the other one don't confuse them because also in America at least they're a different race to you and people go nuts about that so just really try and get those to like get Kyle Anderson and Luke Gallows mixed up before you get um, Kalisto and Sin Cara mixed up Um, and then yeah Rusev comes out with, uh, with Sin Cara continues to beat him up um, before he came out, there was a We Want Lana chant, which I thought was quite nice. Again, you can try and make it PG all you want, but wrestling fans are still still perverts. They still like seeing an attractive woman wearing not a lot. Um, yeah, there was the distraction, and then there was a, a backstabber by Del Rio, and he picked up the victory, which is good, um, because he shouldn't be losing to Kalisto. They're trying to build him up, hopefully. Um, and then Rusev comes in afterwards, beats up Kalisto a bit more and does a nasty accolade. Obviously, Kalisto is a very bendy chap and his back was wrenched back. It was the worst looking camel clutch I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, Yeah, which is good. Rusev dominating. Hopefully that doesn't mean that he's then going to lose to Kalisto. That would be a big shame. Um, But Rusev came out and looked incredible as Rusev always does. Fucking love Rusev. Um... Then we get a thing saying, oh, yeah, that neither of them are on the show, but we're going to just make Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin fight again at Extreme Rules uh, with no disqualification. I think it's going to be on the pre-show, but still, it's like, really, again? Like, Corbin beat Ziggler pretty comprehensively clean last week. Like, surely that's... I mean, it's weird to have the blow-off match on a Raw, but, like, how many more times are they going to go up against each other? It's like they've fought nobody else in the last two months, it seems. Ridiculous. Um, So that's going to happen again. So let's look forward to that on Sunday. Uh, And then we get the contract signing. I was really confused why this was going on last, the contract signing, for a women's title match. I mean, it's good that they're, you know, giving it more kind of 
giving the women more respect, giving them more kind of prestige in terms of where they place them in the show. But I was like, still, this is this isn't even a match. This is a contract signing. Um, but then, of course, of course, um, it's uh, the the show is emanating this week from uh, North Carolina, which is Flair country. Um, and as soon as uh, Flair came out. Big cheers for him, which is great. He's insane and I love him. Um, some back and forth, blah, 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 with some very nice stuff from Charlotte where she said um, that because her last name was Flair, she could punch the friends of everybody in the audience and they'd still cheer her, which I thought was uh, I thought was pretty funny. Uh, Natalia comes out and says some stuff and then she comes out and says some stuff. Um, and then they, they add... They're annoyed about the stipulation that they've added into the contract about if Rick comes down to the ring, then Charlotte forfeits the match, or forfeits the title, which I swore was... could have thought that was in the... that had been discussed with them before, so I don't know why they're getting so bent out of shape this time. Um, Rick starts squaring up to Shane. Shane's like, dude, I don't want to fight. Steph's like, fuck it, I'll fight. Gives him a massive slap. Wonderful uh, flare flop. Uh, by Ric Flair, uh, and then Natalia picks on Charlotte and puts her in an awful sharpshooter. <laughs> like, I don't know what it was, whether it was just the legs couldn't bend properly in their trousers or something, but, yeah, something was wrong, and it was a terrible sharpshooter uh, and a terrible way to finish Raw. But that's how we finished Raw. Um, overall, this, again, same with last week, kind of not a great Raw They'd, they'd had a couple of nice ones, but it's just a bit spinning the wheels. Not a lot of interesting new stuff going on. And the interest and the new stuff that is going on, The Shining Stars, Golden Truth, is not particularly interesting. Not particularly engaging. And fucking Darren Young. Jesus Christ, I hate that so much. Um, so yeah, not a great roar, but... I bet what you're asking is is what about Dan's assessment? What where's the three things of interest? Where's the best match of the night? Where's the winner and the loser of the night? Well I tell you what, they're gonna be right after this amazing jingle. <laughs> right after it. Three things, three things, three things of it in interest. Who won? Who jumped? Also the match of the night. Here we go. Here we go. Um so yeah, three things of interest. Winner, loser, match of the night. Three things of interest. Um, firstly, a, a kind of almost a welcome return for me for um, for jobbers, actual jobbers. Um, it was a staple of TV in the early 90s when I started watching wrestling. It just all the time would be a good guy or a bad guy coming out, going against somebody who didn't get an, in, in, um, an introduction or an entrance down the ramp. They were just there and then the commentator would say oh and also this is and they'd always have <laughs> they'd never have an interesting name it would always be like Bob Mackey or John Carter or something and nobody cares and they get barely any offence in and then they just get demolished and it's just a, a showcase essentially um, for the good guy or the bad guy to make them look like uh, a superstar um, I think that from the couple of times that I've caught NXT this happens a lot more in NXT, I guess, giving more people kind of trial matches, starter-off matches, which is quite good. But yeah, the Shining Stars uh, come out and beat up some people that nobody know, um, which was pretty good. It's like Mark Jackson and Jack Markson or something. Um, I think that's good. I think that's good. It's, you know, um, builds somebody up, tells a story, doesn't have to last very long, gives you a bit of extra wrestling stuff as opposed to just a promo. 
um, allows people to get their good moves in. I, yeah, I think we can have more of that. And it doesn't kind of sacrifice anybody who we know. It's not like... It, I kind of feel like in previous weeks they might have said, oh, let's get the social outcasts out and have them get beaten up. But I much prefer it to have people that you're never going to see again. That's Or at least never going to see in that gimmick again. And then there's like a where are they now thing. We said, oh, well, back in the day, Dean Ambrose was a jobber. And blah, blah, blah. Um, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, Golden Truth is the next thing of interest. And I say thing of interest because it's it's... Not really. I don't know what they're doing with this. I don't know why they've given it this much time. I don't understand. Neither of them are, are, are interesting, but people care about it. People were cheering about it, and I just don't. I don't understand people sometimes. I don't know what happened there um, to make people care in any way, shape, or form uh, about this. Uh, it's been dragging on for ages. I'm really pleased that Tyler Breeze and Fandango won because I want them to become a proper tag team. Uh, I want them to become a better, more popular, more successful tag team than the Golden Truth. Um, there's been so much kind of bad comedy around this thing. Like this is like when I said before about the New Day, a, a kind of what PG WWE should be about. It should be, you know, this is a bit more fun, a little bit more light-hearted, a little bit more funny. Yes, absolutely. This is the wrong side of that. This is when they try things and it just doesn't work at all because there's no real, I don't know, imagination or creativity going into it. It's just it's just pointless and boring and, and not entertaining. Um, and the last thing of interest, uh, and I wasn't sure when to start talking about this, but it's I just decided today. Um, Extreme Rules is this Sunday. I'll be obviously covering it. I'll be hopefully doing a... Um, a predictions uh, podcast, uh, predictions grapple pie after SmackDown, just in case there are any changes made on that. Not that there ever are, um, but it's Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules. There's a there's a, uh, a kind of an Extreme Rules match as the main event. There's the uh, Asylum match. There's a No DQ match. There's all of these. It's, it's crazy matches, but they're not going to be crazy because it's PG. And now this isn't a rant against PG necessarily. Like I say, there are absolutely ways and means of doing parental guidance only wrestling shows and making them very, very entertaining. It's absolutely possible to do that. But it doesn't involve weapons. And so I really, I don't understand why they're doing an extreme rules pay-per-view if it's not going to be extreme. And it's obviously not going to be extreme. There's not going to be any, and again, not that I'm kind of desperate and baying for blood and everybody should be blading all over the place and should be Eddie Guerrero versus JBL blood, but there should be allowed to be some violence on a pay-per-view that's called Extreme Rules. And if you're not going to have violence, which, as I say, is absolutely fine, don't have that kind of pay-per-view. For me, the two options that they have are, one, to not have an Extreme Rules-type show, and not build a show around how violent it all is when it's not going to be violent at all. Or two, have extreme rules and have that be the one pay-per-view, the one bit of WWE programming each year that is um, TVMA or whatever the fuck the rating is that that is is more adult based. And make it that's the only one of the year. I I mean I think there should be more than one a year, maybe two or three. But if that was the only one in the year where people were like, there's going to be actual kind of a bit more pushing the envelope kind of stuff, watch the buy rate for that go up. Watch the amount of people 
who are signing up to the WWE Network go up because I think there's a big, you know, as with anything, if you keep it sporadic, there's going to be a big, big demand for that kind of stuff. Um, there'd be a lot of people who want to see that. Um, but it just annoys me that they're gonna, that they're building a show around how violent it's going to be when it's not violent. It's obviously not, which it just seems like a waste of time to me. Anyway, uh, who was the big uh, winner of the night? I have to go with the New Day. Um, I could have gone with uh, Big Cass. Oh shit, there was a Big Cass match, wasn't there? Big Cass fought Devon Dudley. He was it was a real squash match. He did like three moves and then he beat Devon, um, which is good. Uh, so yeah, he could have been the um, uh, the the champ of the night because he's getting a big push um, again using all of the goodwill of having somebody close to him be injured and or dead the best thing that you can do in a wrestling ring um, but it has to go to the new day for me they um, just the, the amount of imagination and, and creativity that they're putting into their stuff when they when they get given a chance to do whatever they want it's it just goes very very well all the time which is great it's just so fun to see people having so much fun doing it um, so yeah that, that for their whole kind of and they weren't even in a match and yet that was the most entertaining thing on Raw uh, this week. Uh, match of the week, and uh, no, let's go for the losers first, which has to be has to has to be the shining stars after having several weeks or what feels like several years worth of promos and vignettes building you up. When you make your debut, nobody cares at all. Um, the the just not good. Not good at all. Must have been so gutting for them. Hoping, you know, well, we've been built up for a while. People are going to be into it. Nobody's into it. Nobody cares. It's all just a waste of everybody's time. And then stealing a finisher from Total Elimination, uh, from the Eliminators, and then calling it the Shining Star. It just made me so sad when they said, oh, they call that the Shining Star. And like, really? They don't call it anything else. You're definitely sure they don't call it anything else. Um, so they have to be the losers. Uh, and then the match of the week was a tough one because there wasn't a lot of great stuff uh, going on this week. Um, I had to go with Kalisto and Del Rio. Even though the, the in-ring action was all right, it was pretty good. There was some nice stuff going on there. Um, and then Rusev just improves everything because he's the best. I fucking love Rusev. He just looks so scary, doesn't he? Just fucking barrel chest, son of a bitch. He'd better win. On Sunday, I'm going to be so annoyed if Kalisto wins. So yeah, that's Grapple Pie uh, this week um, for WWE Raw on Monday the 16th of May. Do you agree with what I've said? Do you disagree with what I've said? Do you have any other points that I missed? Is there something that you really liked, something that you really didn't? Uh, do you disagree with the winner or the loser or the match of the night? Whatever. You, um, if you've got some comments uh, and if you've got something to say, uh, then please say it to me because I have no friends that like wrestling so I can talk about wrestling with absolutely nobody at the moment. It made me so happy to talk to someone about it. Um, get in touch with me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash the Daniel Swan. Get in touch with me on Instagram if you want or Twitter, both at Palugin, P-A-L-O-O-G-I-N. Um, the website, danielswan.squarespace.com uh, or even email danielswan41 at gmail.com thank you so much for listening um, I hope you come back and listen to uh, another grapple pie I'll be getting up my uh, predictions um, for Extreme Rules this Sunday um, I hope you come back and listen to that and then my, the, the results show the review show uh, of Extreme Rules but yeah thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you again soon cheers cheers